Yes, Chris, I actually took your advice and I got my, I did my W2s um, right, like basically the week, week and a half after I got them, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was nice. It was very nice. And I, I, I got my return today, actually, so. I am, uh, I am unfortunate enough to have had to wait to receive uh, extra tax doc tax documents besides my w-2 so that's always Ooh, a bummer rip. i know i know yeah i still only do a w-2 so that that's nice welcome to somewhat Wait. coherent everybody where we I, talk about our taxes are you are you are you sure dale because i mean yeah. you're going to school you can probably i didn't get my tax information until i already filed <laughs> uh, you know what now oh no sorry you're, you're sorry um, your your file you're more than likely filed as a dependent, so I don't think you yes, would get any so it also tax documents even, for your. It doesn't school. even matter. Yeah, I'm still a dependent, and also I, I lied. I I did have them. I lost them. So, <laughs> um, but I'm a dependent, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, but yeah, like I said, welcome to Somewhat Coherent, where we talk about filing taxes. <laughs> the best, the best podcast to talk about that stuff. You know, I wouldn't mind Chris a um. I mean, like, I'm not even there. We're, well, we're not even there yet, but I have, whenever taxes come around, I always think to myself, okay, what if I ever start making money off of podcasts and Patreon solely alone? Would I ever, like, do I know how to do those taxes? No, um, probably not. Exactly. Not, I mean, you, not many people do unless you're, like, an accountant, which is why, yeah. like, you hear about, like, 95% of People who do, you know, self-reliant businesses like that, they all just hire an accountant because that's what you do. Because yeah, pretty much. <laughs> because tax law, it 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 sometimes it almost feels like tax law is there to provide jobs to accountants. It is. <laughs> it, it is. It really is, Chris. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Here's the conspiracy theory for you all. Uh. Uh, accountants um, are the ones that design tax law, so they stay in the job. There. Well, well, no, Dale, Dale. An even more niche profess- profession designs tax law, and that's tax lawyers, Dale, that's who are fair. even more dependent on the tax lo- tax code being very confusing. Egg. And, exactly. And one of my favorite words, Dale, Byzantine. Oh man! Or Byzantine, naughty, naughty words. Or, or one of your one of the fifty different ways you can pronounce that word if you want. Byzantine, Byzantine, Byzantine. What does that mean? What does that even mean, Chris? Uh, have you ever heard of the Byzantine Empire, Dale? Nope. Uh, Is it Byzantine? Byzantine, Byzantine. It's it's. I'm fairly certain it's Byzantine. I think it's Byzantine. Well, the 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 confusing thing and this is probably just me mispronouncing it uh-huh. but byzantine comes from byzantium so gotcha. okay sure but anyways it, it comes from that <laughs> it comes from the byzantine empire which is basically okay. uh what the eastern roman empire was called after the western roman empire broke away from it gotcha gotcha yeah. gotcha okay and, and all byzantine really means is just like it, it it almost means the exact same thing as like labyrinthian, just mm-hmm. like super complex and like needlessly a, a mm-hmm. needless amount of overhead, mm-hmm. if you will. Chris, I think I have a, I think I have a history podcast idea for you now. What's that? You take common terms of phrase and you explain the historical meaning behind them. 
I'd, I'd love to, but the illusionist kind of already does that. So. Shh, don't mention Radiotopia. <laughs> Chris, if we compare ourselves to Radiotopia, we'll never get anything done. It's true, but, like, I mean, Dale, if I'm, like, I... I, I still feel like I want to... I know you've said, like, no, because it wouldn't be great in an audio format, but I still would love to do the history of of flags. Like you know... Ve- Vexel history. I... And it's just such a good title. It is. It, it is, really it's is. Such, it's such a fun title. Yeah. I honestly believe that it's possible i think it's possible you giving me your blessing i am i'm not gonna do it with you but chris if it gets you to finally make a podcast uh then i am all for it my man i i'd have to uh i'd have to start with like the like baby's first flag history and just go with the one that everyone already kind of partly knows which is the the flag of the uk Mm-hmm. Or the U.S. because I think everybody kind of knows that one. Americans know that one. Yeah, that's for I sure. I don't know the fl- the U.K. flag. Really, thing. you don't know the history no. of the U.K. flag, dude? I don't, you don't know, know why the it looks history of the, the way UK. it looks. No, I don't. Well, I don't blame you for not knowing the history of the U.K. because <laughs> even U.K. historians are like, yeah, the history of the U.K. is kind of thick and dull. A lot of people with very, very similar names mm-hmm. <laughs> all throughout its history. Mm-hmm. And King I mean, like... James the first through eighth. Yeah. Like, like France is pretty bad for that, but France does not have anything on England when it comes huh. to many people with the exact same name uh, fighting for positions of similar power and stature. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know who, you know who, even more so doesn't have it on uh, on. You know who's even above the the English Dale, hmm. the Germans. Oh, Good okay. lord, the Ger- When it comes to confusingly named people, as far as history goes, the Germans are like none other Dale. Because yeah, then, that's fair. Because then Dale, then you'll have people who not only have similar sounding first names, but also similar sounding surnames. Oh, okay, I got it. There's <laughs> like only. Fr- like Frederick Fredrickson. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah, that's a real person of historical significance. I I'm fairly certain Frederick Fredrickson is a real person of historical significance. All right, Google that, everybody at home. Yeah, Chris. We don't only talk about history tangents on this podcast. I do. You do. I don't. <laughs> to be honest, Chris, there's really, there's really only one German of historical significance that I know. And um, he it, was a is it he Nietzsche? was a yes Nietzsche. <laughs> He's a cool guy. I don't know anybody else from Germany. If you're there's any other German historical people, no idea. Um, no, 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 no. Chris, what? Well, actually, I guess I brought this 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 um this topic up for this week. Um, well, actually, first of all, I think I should we should catch people up on our regular uh, the regular listeners. A first of all, we forgot to mention this, but uh, we're switching to a bi-weekly schedule these days because um, it just frees up more time, and me and Chris were feeling creatively drained um, making these podcasts uh, every week because we're amateurs <laughs> at best. So we're like, oh, we'll just spread it out bi-weekly, so then that way we have a lot more time to fully develop what we're going to talk about um each and every episode and week and like you know even i called him today and was like yo i know we didn't plan for this but i want to bring something up um so if you listen to i don't know if we did it last week it was either last week's episode or the week before last 
um, we we decided on our themes of the year, and I feel like I actually finally have mine a bit more down packed. I don't and, even remember the name of what mine was. Yeah, exactly. And we, think, we went through it, a lot of names. I think it was like theme of utilization or something. I don't like that. know. I think it was no. It was closer to perfection. I remember we were trying to find <laughs> non-pop pompous ways to perfect what you had already done the year before. Hmm. I think that's what it was, and and yours was like being organized, basically, mm. more organized. And then me, I guess, is a little bit more specific. Where I'm like, okay, I have these projects that I'm working on, and um, I need to figure out how to complete them. And so, well, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I'm noticeably starting to use Todoist more, Dale. Ooh, that yeah. makes me happy because that's going to be part of. Uh, some back end stuff for yeah. all of Broken FM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's not worth talking about on the podcast. <laughs> um, so what I've been doing is 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 so my first idea was is giving my str- myself like loose time, like planning, but strict deadlines. So for example, for a research oriented podcast where I would need to do a lot of research and writing and editing and possibly interviews and editing of the interviews. Uh, I was basically going to be like, okay, like the first month is research. Second month is recording. Third month is editing. And then I post it at the end of that month. And that did not work at all. <laughs> uh, it was really, really bad because uh, I didn't do anything. And so I, I kind of gave up like the first week of Jan. No, second week of January. I was like, OK, I have to rethink this because this is not working, mm-hmm. um, especially now that I have a school schedule because I just I can't like fit in time to do some extra extracurricular things, <laughs> um, especially because I'm taking philosophy honors like a fool. Um so in an honorable s- fool though an Dale. honorable flu fool a philosophical fool <laughs> uh so instead what i'm doing is is i am uh, i have dedicated our blocks of time each and every day to work on one of the three grand the grand projects i guess i could say right where the three grand projects are writing podcasts and youtube that makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I think so, where, yeah. Where I am, and and I've set them in specific days of, uh, of like, okay, so like the best time for me to do writing is these kind of blocks of time in between classes. And because I can like be at school, I can kind of be away from everything, not going to get distracted by much else. And I just like write stuff on my iPad. Also, the writing is kind of like the least important of the three because that is like it's just like a skill that i need to develop that i you know i don't actually have developed Mm -hmm. um and so then what i and so then writing or sorry uh for podcasts um obviously there is writing in podcasts but i i have more dedicated time for them later in the days on not school days and then for youtube stuff i have it on the weekends um because i think the YouTube stuff is like the most fun. So it basically has like something for me to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And so basically how I have it is it's, it's six hours a week to be dedicated on a project. Um, and then Sundays I like, I have quote unquote off. Um, but also they're not like super strict. Like if I'm really jamming on some other project, I will take those other, you know, I'll, I'll take those other hours to work on them as I, as I may need to. Um, 
and and then obviously I'll, like if I'm like oh okay like I'm almost done with this thing I will put in more time when I can on the weekends or something like on Sunday to actually be able to like take a giant chunk out of you know mainly editing and recording is like the biggest time constraints those those hours during the week are more for writing and research have because you if I Try you, to sit down to research something for four hours. I will blow my brains out. Have you thought about time tracking, Dale? I have been time tracking, Chris. How's that been going, Dale? Uh, well, I've only really like I've really only been doing it recently. It's interesting. It's definitely are, fun. Are you using Toggle? I am using Toggle. Yeah, I tried a couple others, but they're not very good. Mm. Um, so like I only have two things time tracked, and one of them is more generic than the other so one of them is i was writing for a podcast that i want to do in the distant future and then i spent 45 minutes doing research for youtube mm-hmm. so like and then that's all i've gotten but yes so the way i'm breaking down my time tracking is is uh i have big projects and then i have tags for like okay it is oh speaking of which i should have probably done this already but now we are for example recording somewhat coherent so i want to put that in there right and then it'll it'll be a you know it'll it'll be like the somewhat coherent project tagged with recording mm-hmm. and then later when i edit and post it'll be somewhat coherent editing right and i'm not really going to count posting because it's like an extra 15 minutes like right. even that you know it's like it's like okay make up the google well even while i i make up the the show notes while i'm editing because that's just way easier than trying to remember everything so uh, it's literally just like upload time and copying, pasting things to the proper areas <laughs> right. on Squarespace. Like that's it. So, um, so yeah, I've been doing that. And then um, I think, so that that's really all I have time to track for right now, I guess. And uh, this will be something that we see at like the end of the year, mm-hmm. as long as I, I'm going to try to keep on it really well. And uh, we'll see, we'll see where my time goes. I suspect um, a lot like, because like a lot of this I got from Mike Hurley, obviously, Chris, I'm sure you assumed this. Oh yeah. The Cortex episode of their oh, themes. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, which we did first, by the way. <laughs> so... Uh, no, so he was talking about like how he kept track of his time. So I suspect the time will be just about the same where recording is going to be a fraction of the writing and the researching and the editing process. I, I would uh, imagine yeah, least for like how we do it for sure. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that'll, that'll be interesting. Although like, as I am, as I am taking on these projects, even though they're just, they're just infantile projects that I, I can quit at any time, right? Like I have absolutely no reason to keep doing something that I don't enjoy doing because I'm not making money off of this, right? Like it's not putting my bread on the table. I, st- I don't have to pay rent. I don't have to do anything. I have a job that gives me money. I just don't like that job that gives me money. <laughs> so I'd rather be doing this for money. So where was I even going with this? I don't remember anymore. Um, basically, some projects are just going to die. Uh, but what I've been noticing is, Chris, I, I, I sit down with myself sometimes and I'm like, man, I really wish I could have a research assistant because <laughs> I do not enjoy research. Ultimately, I like... Um, the you know i like the writing process of it like you know it is fun because like as i'm researching i am like linking themes together and understanding how i'm going to execute these things but um 
it's like I, I've been using my old so for YouTube. I'm doing stuff with mythology, and I'm using my old mythology textbook. So a lot of it's like a lot of that research is already aggregated for me. It's just a matter of me connecting dots. So if I ever have to go into a myth blind, like I don't have that research on hand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, I could re- I would love an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> and I can imagine like I was thinking today like, man, it'd be awesome if I could get an assistant to do my homework for me <laughs> so I'd have time to do other things. <laughs> oh, Chris, I really just wish I was a uh, I just Is wish that, I was successful already. I don't, I don't think that's allowed, Dale. <laughs> No, it's not called plagiarism. <laughs> um, kind of. I, you know, it's definitely cheating. Chris, is it technically plagiarism? Oh, that'd be super else... plagiarism for sure. Okay. I think like, so. Yeah, I, I, it has to be. It has to be part of plagiarism. Well, because like, it, it would be, what is plagiarism, but putting your name on someone else's work. That's, really. you know, like, that's totally fair. You know, I think that that's a, yeah, that that's the way to look at it compared to like, Oh, this person did the work. This, this but was a they collaboration. Generally... <laughs> no, no, no. It's like this person did all the work, but they generously put my name on it. <laughs> because oh, I paid man. them to. Because <laughs> I paid them to. <laughs> and they didn't get any credit. I hired a ghostwriter. Plenty of <laughs> professionals do it. That's that's the word we're looking for. You're not yeah. it's not plagiarism. It's just ghostwriting. It's just ghostwriting. I <laughs> I told them what I wanted on the paper and they did it. You know, I wonder if that's against the against like school ethics of like, okay, I sit down, Chris, and I need to do a historical podcast to use it between you and me. Mm-hmm. And and like I talk about what I want in the essay. But then you actually write it, and then you can use fun historical flourishes to make it seem better. I still think that's that's just plagiarism. <laughs> there's just there's just no way around it. There's Chris. not really I anywhere have, around I it. Have, no, I have to do my homework. Damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, them's the breaks, bummer. my friend. Yeah, them's the breaks, Chris. We have an original top. Oh no! First of all, hey, do you want to talk about your theme? Have you made fun progress? No. No? I, I, okay, I think fine. it's apparent to anyone who heard me stumble through my theme last episode <laughs> that I do not have anything planned for my theme. Right yeah. right now, I'm feeling a lot better as far as my organization goes. I did get a, uh, a brand new notebook for my, my new position, and I've, Damn, already, I've already filled it up with some, some yeah. valuable information. Oh, yeah. Nice. Are you... Do you mind talking about your Hmm. work on the podcast or? No, not really. Um, No? I think I probably mentioned. Versus. I think I probably uh, mentioned on here that I work at Walmart before. Yeah. Just just like you got. Got like a little promotion. That's a. Yeah. You got promoted. Like what are you. What are you. It's just you're managing people. I'm the milkman now, Dale. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I'm the milkman. I bring people their milk and I say, hi there. Would you like it in a glass bottle or would you like it in a plastic jug? And then they they say, "Can you help me find the spices?" And I <laughs> and I say, "Yeah, they're right over here." <laughs> Chris, so. you are the backbone of America. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was chiropractors, uh, Dale. Um, well, chiropractors aren't legitimate in any way, shape, or form. I dude, Do you ever feel like that is like a? Uh, 
like a test with people almost where it's like, what do you think of, what do you think of chiropractory? Hmm? What's your yeah, I guess so. That's a, that is a, a, their level of skepticism is like, what do you, uh, what do you think chiropractors do exactly? Have you, uh, have are you they, ever, have you ever been based? in a, uh, a multi-level marketing scheme? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. Uh, so first of all, chiropractors, they're nothing but masseuses with, extra training do you know the guy that developed chiropractic the the practice of of chiropractors the the Um, chiropractic the chiropractic the chiropractor um he he believed in magnetic therapy yeah i'm not even joking i'm not even joking this the guy that wrote the book on chiropractory um how do magnets even work dale do you know (laughs) I, you know what? You're right. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Dale. Uh, this is like an L. Ron Hubbard case where it's like, oh, he just man. turns the question on you and it's like, do you know how this stuff works? And you have to go, yeah. oh, well, you know, you got me there. Like, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh, you know, uh, Chris, I've been going to war with flat earthers on Twitter recently. Oh God, Dale. <laughs> and Chris, what I've, what I've come to realize, and it's been said before, but I, I think I fully I fully understand it and like uh, comprehend it. Um, not not flat Earth, but the mentality of a flat earther <laughs> is that the fact in their world, in their perception of reality, right? The fact that the Earth is flat <laughs> is incidental. It's it's it. The Earth could be egg shaped. The Earth could be a bowl. It's it, which I guess technically, if you really want to like dig into the mythos of flat Earth, is it is a it's more bowl shaped. Anyways, <laughs> oh, I'm done. Sorry. Okay. Um, the thing about flat Earthers are Chris, and it's the same with Scientologists, and it's the same with any kind of any kind of 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 group think of cult mentality. Is um, it's it's incidental what they believe in and they need to realize this this is the key to getting people to not believe in flat earth is um is they just enjoy belonging to a group yep. that knows something that the rest of society doesn't yep. right that that's the min- that dale is why herbalife works <laughs> exactly right that that's why herbalife works that's why scientology works that's why flat earth works yep that's um, I I really hate to say it, but that's kind of why Mormonism works. Um, I I feel oh, that's bad. definitely why Mormonism I, works. Dale. Yeah, I I don't like to, I don't, I don't like to 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 bash on the Mormons because, uh, on one hand it's too easy, on the <laughs> second hand, on another hand I have very dear friends that are Mormons and um I you know they learn not to talk about religion around me. Oh, oh, I feel bad. I I don't like being um, an atheist, Chris, but here we are. Um, but you like being a... right? No, I'm joking. Uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's just a joke. Don't you know? I don't, don't anyone listen, write to me bitching. I don't, I don't. I don't like being the intellectual atheist that I am. I just enjoy being rational <laughs> no i i just um but i don't at the same time i digress i don't think chris either of us are rhetorically armed for our philosophy on religion conversation that we will eventually have 
I think yeah, I I think it's a, inevitable that we have that conversation on here, but yeah. um I think you're right. But I don't think either of us today. are Yeah, ne- neither to- of us are a uh, an authority, if you will. Yeah, well that's not the point of having a podcast, Chris. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Being an authority on a subject. Come on. That's <laughs> not why we make a podcast. We make a podcast cuz we want to talk about a subject. True. <laughs> this is true. Um uh no. So Chris, <laughs> to aggressively segue um <laughs> into one of the topics that we had um uh, edcs everyday carries mm-hmm. that's a fun subject to talk about it for is geeks like us chris what is uh what do you what do you what do you, first of all what do you break down what's your kit what's your carry chris what's, what's my, your uh what's, what's my... your what do you what do you not leave home with uh well for me it's fairly simple it used to be um, a lot more stuff, but like especially when I first moved up here. Uh, but I found a lot of what I was carrying wasn't needed every day for certain. Like I used to have a flashlight with me at all times, but I, I as wow. a, especially especially now that I don't uh, occasionally have to walk home at like midnight, I don't really need a flashlight on me. Like it, it's it's kind of dark when I walk to work. But it, the sun is also coming up, so it feels mm. needless. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to carry a pocket knife with me, but I just, I don't know, I don't as much anymore. I do whenever I go out at night, I will say that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, bear of safe and sorry. But as far as what I always have on me, Dale, I do always have my, oh, what is this? This is, a, I think it's the Pulse. Fitbit Pulse, I think is what it's called. The one that checks mm-hmm. your heart, the super, super simple one that is basically just a band that also has a heart rate monitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have my earbuds. You're talking about a Fitbit, right? Fitbit, yeah. Fitbit. Yeah, okay. I have my earbuds and their carrying case, Dale. Ooh, you actually keep earbuds in a carrying case. I good am, on you. I have That's gone so, through so many earbuds, Dale, and also... Mm-hmm. I am thankful to have this carrying case because it was a complete surprise when I got it because I just mm. ordered a two pack of earbuds on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, and they came with a carrying case. And I was like, dank, I'm going to use this always because I th- I feel like, I don't know about you, Dale, but I very much suspect 95% of the wearing out that headphones like go through are just moving around while they're loose in your pocket. You know what I mean? Yes, that that's probably very true. Um, if you want, there's one small one that I used to use uh, when I had wired headphones. Mm-hmm. Is um, well, hey, first of all, they sell this thing in Thailand. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a round it's a wound piece of plastic. Oh, uh, I think I know very, what you're talking about. Uh, slinky esque. It's not a, it's not like a slinky. It doesn't have like the mechanics of a slinky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, you you can get your headphones inside them, and they'll kind of help the case out. Uh, they'll like help the cord stay unfrayed. Nice. Um, but I would say. A more uh, uh, easier version of this is take an old pen and break that spring out of it, mm-hmm. and then just wrap it around at the base of not like the the base of the wire when it meets the jack, um, because I'm like that's where your headphones are going to break. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's just how it's going to work. Right. Um, 
and you know and so so I, I used to do that a lot um speaking of headphones uh and headphones ideology is like i have these beats they're the wireless ones i really enjoy them i know not a lot of people like beats i know they're very expensive i agree in the idea that they're overpriced i really like them though honestly chris mm. and the reason why is because i've worn these stupid things for like over a year now mm-hmm. and they haven't broke on me mm-hmm. like at all and i abuse them you know i work construction i i fall asleep listening to music on them right like there there are these athletic ones and they used to have a little like ear band that goes over them to keep them from slipping out of your ears uh those are the only things that have broken off and that's literally only because i would fall asleep wearing them and then they would wind up like underneath me somehow and i roll around a lot in my sleep so they get they got messed up uh very very soon but even then like i as long as you don't fall asleep with them, like they're going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I really like them. Um, I've noticed they've been turning off more recently when they're not playing anything, which is kind of weird, but I think that's just me. I'm not sure. Um, I digress. That's part of me. Uh, any more of your kit, kit, Chris? So I, being the notebook head that I am, Dale, I carry mm-hmm. a notebook and a pen on me. Of some kind at all times. Mm -hmm. At the moment, most of the time, it is a blank page Piccadilly. Um, Mm -hmm. And the pen is a Pilot Precise V7, which may shock you, Dale. Because do you know what a V7 is? No. It's a .7 pen, Dale. Mm, I thought you didn't like point seven. I, uh, I've been. Chris, you're betraying your roots. I hate point seven mechanical pencils, Dale. Mmm. Gotcha. Point seven pens are almost unavoidable. <laughs> That's fair. That's uh, fair. And then I also have. I'm not really gonna go over my wallet because it's just a super standard, boring wallet. Um, yeah. I always carry a comb on me, Dale, because I'm mm. vain. Um, <laughs> long, long, luscious hair. Funnily enough, Dale, I started carrying a comb on me when I had very short hair. Um, oh, that's really weird. Well, the reason why is because I would use, um, oh, fuck, I've already forgotten what it's called. Uh, pomade. I would use pomade mm. to keep my hair in place. And then any time it would get out of place, I'd have like a, this. Because it's one of those combs that's half fine, half unfine yeah so i'd use the fine part to just kind of like put it back into place uh and now i just use it to comb my hair basically yep uh yeah and finally my keys um Mm -hmm. the one interesting thing about my keys dale is instead of like a keychain or anything like that i have what i consider one of the ultimate multi-tools that most people should have on them can you Mm. guess what it is dale no, it was one of those like key master things where your keys kind of like, like pivot. Never mind. No, just continue. It is the what, most what simple and basic tool available: a paint hmm. can opener. Oh, gotcha. So it's basically just a. It's a paint can opener. If you Google what a paint can opener looks like, they all look the same. Yep. So uh, it's perfect. You can open bottles with it. Um, you can, you know, you have like a little uh, crimping tool for various things. You basically have a little pry bar in your pocket at all times. It is like mm-hmm. it's super useful. Um, 
So yeah, that's pretty good. That is okay. Uh, okay. That's about it. I usually carry pretty light because I most of my pants only have the four pockets. Yeah. And I hardly ever use my back left pocket. So, really, so you gotta put the phone, Chris. You put your phone in your back pocket. To, oh, phone, Hell right? Yeah, I do. Have, I do, of course yeah. carry my phone. S eight. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That has mo- obviously that has my digital brain on it, so I have to have that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, <laughs> all right. That's all right, that's all my right. very simple EDC. I'm sure Dale is about to blow me out of my water. Uh, honestly, out of my not water. No. out of your water. My water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the water that you own, Chris. Chris, <laughs> I thought you didn't believe in owning property. What? Um, I'm not that socialist, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. You know, honestly, man. I mean. The only thing that I blow blow you out of the water on is like the wallet that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like my wrist, my wrist armor. What do you want a wrist <laughs> accessory? Um, is the uh, is the Apple Watch uh, version two, not version three? Which I will say, looking around more and more, I'm thinking about upgrading to some kind of smart watch because they do yeah. seem very handy to have. It's it's worth it especially now that i have a uh, phone that can handle it <laughs> yeah yeah i'd recommend yeah uh, because like you know apple and its semi-toxic ecosystem i kind of like knew that plenty of things would have you know widgets and technically when it's so so overall they are widgets but when it's on a watch it's called a complication yeah so um uh, you know, I knew that like all of pretty much every app that you use will be able to have a complication for the Apple Watch, right? So, for example, um, I have date and time on the top bar. I have Todoist in the middle, which displays the amount of tasks, and then uh, it it will display like one of the tasks that I have, mm-hmm. which. Uh, it, it, I think it prioritizes on like the priority tag or if it has to be done or it's going to happen at a certain time. Um, so, so that's there for the watch. Uh, and then I have like temperature I have, um, I don't actually have, Oh no, I do have the date. Uh, I, and then I have fantastic Cal, which unfortunately doesn't display the date, which I really don't like. It just displays a time when the next thing that I have to do is going on, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, it just, I look at it, I'm like, okay, seven o'clock, right? That's, you know, when my class is. Uh, and then I have a Streaks. Um, Streaks is an app that's just, a, it's a habit tracker. Right, yeah. And so I just have access to it on my watch because I'm really, mainly because I just kind of, I haven't really, there's a lot of apps that I think should go there, but. Like it's it's kind of like the last one where it doesn't really matter what doesn't really matter what app is there. It's never really going to be used that much. It's just with the streaks one um, for habit tracking. I just don't have to pull my phone out now to keep the habit up, you know. So that's that's really the only reason why I have it. Uh, habit. What do I even have there? Um, Oh yeah, I just have some like general stuff. I re- honestly, I haven't even been keeping track of them really recently. It's still it's just kind of there. I I don't really use it all that often. Um, and of course, I have an iPhone six uh, S normal size, not plus, for a phone uh, that will be getting upgraded soon. Chris, I'm excited. Ooh, what are you two, upgrading two to? Two months. Um, you know, I am considering the ten. Um, I actually have to pay for it though. Wait, the ten. Wait, the ten is out, Dale. 
Yeah, the 10's out. I thought the X came out, Dale. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not the iPhone X, Chris. It's the iPhone 10. Believe it or not, it's dumb. I'd rather it be the iPhone X, but whatever. Um, so the iPhone X is out. iPhone 10, whatever. I might get the 8 Plus um, because it's a little bit more of the 6, but bigger with better hardware. They actually have the iPhone 4 SE, I believe, coming Ooh. out, which is um, which is the iPhone 4 just with better hardware, which is really tempting because the iPhone 4 was one of my favorite phones that I've had to date. Mm-hmm. It is the perfect phone size because I hardly ever use my phone for videos. I don't use it for gaming, obviously, other than clicker heroes and chess on the occasion. Um and it has a headphone jack, which may or may not be important because on the headphone uh, everyday carry, Chris, because both of us are audio uh, fans. We are fans of audio. Snobs. Um, <laughs> yeah, not snobs, not necessarily snobs, snob. although I might... I might, I might be, uh, I might be heading that snobbery route, Chris. Yeah, you hang around lie. me for very long, you yeah. will, Dale. Well, I, I, um, so I, I uh, texted you about this, um, where I, I'm looking for new headphones for recording at my desktop. Yeah. And my original idea was is something to jack in with an auxiliary cord for on my desktop for editing podcasts and for general desktop needs. But then I'd be able to unplug it and have it connect to my iPad for more casual needs. Right. And so of course, Chris, I make a stop over to r slash headphones to kind of see what people like are saying, like what the best ones are essentially Bose and beats are the best to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, beats more importantly because they connect to every apple device that i may have so they'll connect to my phone my ipad and my laptop very seamlessly with no hassle i really actually like that Mm -hmm. i i didn't realize how important that was to me until i until i had it and now i cannot go back um but the one that i wanted is no longer made so also i think chris now that i actually look into it more is that um yeah <laughs> is that i actually don't think they do what i wanted them to do so whatever so i was like oh, okay well i'll just get a pair of sennheisers then um, and just have you know pretty much either a the same or higher quality audio for way less price and then it's just wired but uh, really what's more important to me is how comfy the headphones are. And honestly, Chris, these headphones I have super comfy, but the issue is, is that their ear muffs are pleather, not foam. So they're super sweaty. Tail, tail, tail. Yeah. 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 My, my dude, uh-huh. you're new to the game and I will forgive, <laughs> I will forgive you for this, but those earmuffs can be changed so very easily, my I, I friend. I know they can, but they're just like a pair of steel series. I don't care about that's them that much. Fair. That's that's all that you matters, know. Dale. If you find a pair of headphones, like don't the muffs are the last thing you should be worrying about. The quality, the comfort, as far as f- how it sits on your head mm-hmm. and how it feels and how it in, in, encompasses you. That's what's important. Mm-hmm. And mm. that's what you need to be focusing on. My muffs are not my original muffs, Dale. I, I'm sure I've told you this several times over. Yeah. Oh, my God. Memory foam muffs are God's grace to the audiophile <laughs> industry, Dale. Holy uh-huh. shit. 
Ha! Huh, I've I'm never looking back. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna use non-memory foam muffs ever again. I think, honest to goodness, mm-hmm. that's how comfy mm-hmm. they are for extended use, and even not for extended use, and and for winter use, they are super cozy. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair, Chris. And you know, speaking of comfort and wearing them for hours on end, I think those the Beats Pros is what I was gonna get. Mm. They they are metal. They are aluminum, like housing. Mm. So I think they would have been too heavy. Mm, that's, <laughs> I think they would have like I think yeah. they would have tired out my neck if I wore them for too long, <laughs> which would be interesting. So yeah, I'm gonna uh, later on down the road because the, um, you know the only reason why I, I was just checking because I was around a Best Buy at the time, and uh, I just I just know that these headphones are gonna break on me in a few months, mm-hmm. like three months, three months they're gonna break on me because a lot of the. Uh, the issue with gaming headphones, Chris, is they think that it's super convenient to give you a remote, an inline remote for your headphones to, you know, turn off your mic and control the volume in uh, output, I should say, to your to your headphones, right? Chris, the issue is, is that that's always the first thing that breaks. Yep. And it's in line, and so if it breaks, the headphones are screwed. Even though the headphones are perfectly fine and the quality is, like, pretty good. You know, like they're they're perfectly fine quality headphones, uh, but whatever. I digress. I needed something that I could plug into my board, and so I, I have everything set set up. I just need the auxiliary jack. I just need that eighth eighth inch cable. Um, so uh, I'm just gonna wait until they actually break, and then just two day shipping on Amazon, and boom. Um, or I might get them sooner rather than later. But I'm definitely going to get Sennheisers. I think they're going to be the best bang for my buck. Yeah. And the models that I tried on are really, they're just super comfortable. Sennheiser. more comfortable. Sennheiser mm-hmm. or Audio-Technica are usually the ones I, I recommend. Yeah. If Especially if it's basically like I want medium to good entry-level headphones. There, I, I don't mm-hmm. think there's better companies you can go with in Sennheiser and Audio Technica and this isn't yeah. a paid promotion that's how much I like these two companies exactly uh, yeah. there are definitely I mean people will like hop on your ass as you know tends to be the case with anything you say in the the audiophile <laughs> community but you know mm-hmm. they will hop on your ass as like you know Sennheiser and Audio Technica are not quality. You know like you could get such better headphones. Yeah, you can. You definitely can for like a hundred and twenty dollars more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. but like if you want a solid sixty to like eighty dollar pair of headphones, you can't go wrong with Audio Technica or Sennheiser. Mm-hmm. I yeah, the ones that I was looking at are I actually I <laughs> you know we don't talk about them on the podcast much, mm. but Destiny <laughs> I actually found the headphones that he uses, and I'm like you know those are strikingly affordable. I you know? I will say this one caveat when it comes to headphones, mm. however, Dale for entry level mm. headphones, as convenient as it may seem, and as awesome as it may seem, and as great as a honeymoon period as you will have with them avoid the 60 even to like 60 to 140 dollar range of wireless headphones oh i i completely agree with that i well i hate wireless chris that's the issue is i really hate oh dude you are Um, fucking living in the past then dale the only problem with wireless is that if you want good wireless headphones you gotta shell out you gotta go i agree you gotta drop like 200 dollars to get a good pair and that's exactly what i did with my headphones that i use every day i i I copped it uh i i'd kept buying cheap 
Bluetooth headphones, but the issue is, Chris, it, this is weird. This is so weird. So originally I found some pairs that are like, okay, they'll last eight hours. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Cause that's my work day. Mm-hmm. And then I can charge them a little bit. And then on my drive home, I will have them charged and be able to listen to, you know, podcasts I, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, they, the battery life starts to lessen because the batteries are of garbage quality. I, They're just bad batteries. I do want to clarify my statements that I made. Yeah. I'm not actually really talking about Bluetooth headphones. Bluetooth oh, okay. headphones are whatever. Like, Bluetooth yeah, headphones, yeah, yeah. you're going to have the same problems with Bluetooth headphones that all Bluetooth headphones have, right? Mm, Battery life, etc. I'm talking about yeah. your home like, yeah. audio file. I got you. I got you. Like, mm-hmm. headphones. Your main headphones like, I, uh, you're going to use, like, while yeah, you're yeah. At chilling at home. I, I say mm-hmm. as, as great as they are and as much as I've loved them when I had them, avoid wireless because you like i said you will go through that honeymoon phase of like oh my god i love wireless headphones and i'm never having anything else and then eventually something will go wrong and you will be like why did i get wireless headphones i want oh, a wire right yeah, now entirely like, no what what what, ha- what happens is the battery dies and it dies at an inconvenient time oh, they gotta sit there oh, for eight million years that's why oh, i damn. wanted so so the only reason why i wanted wireless headphones was so that i would have a nice quality pair of headphones that i could walk away from my desktop from to work somewhere else damn. that's really all. and that's that's what i'm talking about because like you're worried about mm-hmm. the battery but like the battery is the least of your worries when it comes to wireless headphones. I'm not talking about the battery dying at an inconvenient time. That's usually not a, not too much of a problem because generally they, you know, they almost always come with like if you have to, you can use them as a wired headphone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of whatever for that much. My issue is when you do exactly what you want to do with them, put, you know, listen to things outside of the room that your computer is in. Mm-hmm. And then over you know years of use or even months of use, they will fucking have a crappy signal as far as like well, wirelessly so, uh, transmitting. I'm not- yeah, for me, I'm not getting up from my room. Yeah, if they're if I'm sitting at my desktop, they're wired. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Always constantly wired. Yeah. It's just taking my laptop to like you know, Starbucks so I could like get a coffee and kind of be in a different environment to work on something for a few hours. Right. Like I don't like, I'm not, I'm not planning on getting up and walking around the house or anything like that. You know, the, I don't think connectivity will really ever be an issue for me, Hmm. but see, and that's, and that's, and that's the other, my other kind of thing of like, if, if that's the, the case for you, and you don't even really need wireless headphones. You know what I mean? Like, like that's exactly the extra, real. Yeah, the extra exactly. cost and the extra mm-hmm. downsides that come with them just simply are just straight up not worth it for you. Like, yeah, exactly. And that's just kind of the conclusion that I came yeah. to. Is like, okay, well, I might as well just buy Sennheisers for a hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars cheaper, but, and uh, just have to deal with a cord. <laughs> but that's my word of warning to any of the listeners. Just. If you're if you're looking for like your first solid pair of headphones, avoid wireless like the plague because you mm-hmm. you will eventually regret it. You will have that wonderful honeymoon phase, but do you really want just the honeymoon phase? Do you don't you want a more fulfilling headphone in your life, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And and like um I mean, like earbuds, I think, I think I have a totally, I have the opposite philosophy, like earbuds specifically. Yeah. Like if you're using wired earbuds, you're asking for them to break. Oh, 
You really are. I see, but, Dale. I, but Chris, you're you yeah, are an outlier. Yeah, yeah. This is not to you. I know. Okay? This is the royal you. You, the <laughs> listeners. Nobody, Chris. Nobody uses a case. You are alone well, in that. Or at least people who who do buy. Uh, uh, I don't want to say affordable, but we'll just say like twenty dollars or less headphones. Yeah. Right. Well, like, you know, they're like, oh, I just want these pair of skull candies so I can listen to my 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 emo music between class. You here's know? my uh, I feel like you're talking from experience there, Dale. But uh, <laughs> here's here's my philosophy when it comes to earbuds as if as opposed to headphones. I look at them and I think I've made this comparison before, though, not specifically about earbuds. But I look at them like horses on the Pony Express, Dale. I am just going mm. to ride them as hard as I possibly can at all times. And then when they die, I just toss them over my shoulder like, eh, just going to get another double pack of, those, for like $4, those, you know? Those poor horses. Dude, for real. Like, it makes me sad thinking about all the horses that were literally just like rode to death. But, you know, that was like a couple hundred years ago. So uh, nothing you can do yeah, now. It's not our fault. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. See, I um I uh I actually so Chris, I made a I made a grave, grave mistake and I, I went to R slash headphone porn. Oh. Don't do it. Oh, don't do it, Chris. Oh man. I I I didn't I never really thought of this before, but I kind of assumed that when iPods died, uh the MP three players died with them. And no. for all intents and purposes, they kind of have, but not to like the hardcore yeah, audio there, files. There is an intense subsect yeah. of MP3 yeah. player buyers, Dale. Uh-huh. And it it surprised me the other day because it's all it almost like shakes you awake when you come across it too. Because we're not talking about like like, you know it it it, it it's almost like MP3 players are like the vinyl community. Where, like, you get a ton of cred if you have, like, a super, for, like, no reason, ridiculously expensive MP3 player. Yeah. When it, like, I I don't understand. Like, Dale, there are still $400 MP3 players that are sold. Yep. Yep. And they have, like, like, I know this is such a, like, I think because seeing the tsunami of mp3 players like rear its head and then crash into the the hills like (laughs) i whenever i dealt with mp3 players i was just like all right how much music can i cram onto this thing that was what was important to me of like you know how big is it how much space do i have but then you look at like 400 dollars mp3 players and they only can carry like 32 gigs like they're not even that big Mm-hmm. They're just like ridiculously high quality. Yeah, they're like yeah, vapes, yeah. Dale. Well, so, so they're I've, like the I've vapes of the music community. <laughs> no, no, no. So I've actually, Chris, I've I've found some that have that you can add your own SD cards to. Yeah. So you can get you know 120 and now 200 and now even more recently 400 gigs on an SD card, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I've seen some where it's like, oh, yeah, you just you can add two SD cards to this. So I'm like, oh, fuck, you mean I can add two 200 (laughs) SD cards? That's so much music. And and I was thinking about it because one of the reasons why I don't listen to music anymore is because of streaming and I don't have unlimited data. Right. 
you know, and the streaming like eats my data, especially on the ridiculous plan that I'm on, which I would love to be off, but I digress. Um, and for me, like music listening is very different. Like I, I listen to music to take a break from podcast listening. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've always kind of thought of like, well, if I had a dedicated music device, like I think that kind of solves all my issues that I just have an insane discography on, which I acquire through illegitimate means. <laughs> Maybe I'm not saying that I would or I wouldn't, but also like there's like you know, for example, Chris, you know who's you know the one one, one band that I always want to listen to because I can constantly jam out to them because their songs are just so jammable and easily can be the background music to anybody's life, but they're not on Spotify. Girl talk. Can you guess that band, Chris? Girl talk. No, no. Well, they're not a band. That's, oh, that's... an artist. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Although I might have to look that up. But no, Chris, it's the Pellows. Like all I ever want to listen to is uh, is like the Fully Cooly soundtrack. I think uh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and and you know I I it's not available. And so I you know I and it honestly it's not even available on iTunes, which even is worse. So I like actually legitimately have to pirate it, <laughs> you know, which sucks. Like I would love to give those guys my money, but I literally can't. So yeah, I, I anyways, I, I digress. Like I would love to be able to listen to their music in just the highest fidelity possible. So I might be that kind of guy that gets an MP3 player <laughs> just specifically for music. And, you know, maybe maybe that's where I put audiobooks. Uh, but, yeah, I've, audible, I've audible for that. So um, and then I just I get like a really nice pair of wired earbuds and I have a really nice case for those those these things. And I just leave them in my backpack. And whenever I want to, like, jam out to some music, I just pull that up and I have like a giant. I just have a giant, you know, <laughs> giant library of music because one of them that I saw, like it, it like it has an op like it uses Android as an operating system you know so it is a smart device it's not like you know it's not like i have to like click through things <laughs> which is kind of funny because like if you think about old uh, old mp3 players or old style mp3 players before you know apple and in all of their glory revolutionized mp3 players with a ui <laughs> um <laughs> it feels analog and that's kind of why i never really thought about getting an mp3 player because i'm like yeah, it'd be horrible to try to scan through music and make play through playlists, but like this one does really well and it has like multiple audio ports for different like things and it has it it's really cool actually and it's it's expensive and it's from China, so who knows actually how good it is, but I I might seriously potentially get well, it. Well, I can I can already foresee one of our conversations then, Dale. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dale, what's up? What are you doing right now? Oh, I'm just editing metadata. Yeah, no, <laughs> legitimately, yeah, that would be it. Or like, I'm like, oh, I'm uh, trying to equalize my headphones. <laughs> I could, I could totally like Chris, because the thing is, is like, I really, I am an audiophile. Ultimately, I just, I just don't listen to a lot of music, mm. and it's kind of weird. But Chris, I have a, I have a glorious link for you. Did you know that, again, wow, we're mentioning Destiny a lot. Um, <laughs> he has a torrent of all of his music mm. that he uses. And, and all the music that all the music that's saved in this, I 
believe is um you know it's it's guilt 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 free torrenting mm-hmm. um cuz it's not pirating uh-huh. it's just file sharing uh-huh. uh and and so like i might like it's not legitimately hold up just in court kinda... dale <laughs> exactly right um <laughs> these uh me and chris are playing characters right now <laughs> of course we would never pirate illegally download music okay i just just a disclaimer i digress um so so yeah so i would i i'm it's a very strong possibility that i get an mp3 player and some like really nice earbuds and then that's just like my music my music kit my music setup um and uh and then you know like i just use spotify like on my desktop and stuff like that so yeah, man. Uh, oh, <laughs> Chris, we forgot about to, we got to talk about my giant wallet to carry on this everyday carry shenanigans. <laughs> um, so I have a sketch wallet, which I've had for about three weeks now. I don't think I recommend it to everybody, honestly. Um, the sketchbook kind of gets demolished in your pocket. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it. It's not really a good sketchbook. Along, it's, it's good note. Along with any book, good you notepad. put notebook you put in your pocket, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's definitely not a sketching wallet. It is a. I need to write something on a piece of paper wallet. Analog or, wallet. it's yeah, it is an analog wallet. Like I could say. Um, so first of all, okay, let's just talk about design wise. Uh, this takes a five and three and a half, five by three and a half. Uh, notebook I, I think uh, it's pretty universal it's not like they have some weird proprietary design so you always have to buy their notebooks in fact once and it might be sooner rather than later I wanted to use it up a bit more but I hardly ever need to write things down on paper but um, it you definitely need a better notebook than this one the paper is like really thick and being in your pocket, it just begins to take the shape of your butt <laughs> and does not come out. Uh, they have a weird vinyl, bla- like it's like a black vinyl covering on mm-hmm. it that rubs off on the rest of the wallet. <laughs> like it's it's not great, um, but it's not too big to be in your back pocket. It at least a dude's back pocket uh <laughs> girls of course don't get pockets uh, they had to say sa- <laughs> oh this is gonna be a bad joke but you know during the women's suffrage movement they had to sacrifice pockets for voting <laughs> so <laughs> um but what i will say is is that this wallet provides probably the most convenient place to put a fisher space pen uh <laughs> That is, that is, that is the, that is, that is it. Like I, uh, they give you a small little pencil, uh, but I'm like, you know what? I don't believe in wooden pencils. Uh, they're destroying our environment, but you know, obviously not. But, um, I immediately just put the Fisher space pen in there and it, you know, it holds pretty nicely. It's a little loose. Um, especially once the, the wallet is kind of, um, canvas. It's not kind of canvas. It is canvas, (laughs) but it, it, it kind of forms weirdly especially around the pen mm-hmm. um it's got like it's got like a tougher plastic that kind of bends and i think that's the biggest design design flaw is where um so where you, you keep your money like in the top half of the wallet so you have this like giant five inch wallet 
but you know, your money only takes up the top half of it. And so in that, in the actual, like, like a normal wallet too, it kind of like it folds on top. So around there, it, it has the, a plastic to kind of make the backing for the rest of the wallet where you put your cards and your actual notebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it would probably make more sense if you pulled it up online, by the way, at home. Um, so that plastic is kind of what's causing a lot of that deforming. Honestly, if I ever get another one, I might like tear this a wallet apart to see what what it is like that makes it the backing. Because honestly, I think they might be able to get rid of that and still be totally fine or at least kind of design it differently so that it, your wallet just doesn't end up getting bent when it's, you know, in your back pocket all the time. Granted, though, like, I'm not exactly the guy that it was designed for. I'm sure if you are a more dedicated artist or student, you're not going to put your wallet through abuse. But since I, you know, have to do, like, a, I do construction, so my wallet goes through a lot more. Uh, but I will say, like, you know, like, it, it got wet and dirty and it, that never really sticks on it. It still looks good. Like, it doesn't have any damage on it. It's just this weird black vinyl, like, gets all, not even all over the inside. It just gets on the inside, and um, the edges of your cards kind of scratch at it. So you get these weird kind of black gunk on them that, you know, it's barely noticeable and would kind of get there anyways just through normal wallet use. Uh So what you do is, is you buy this wallet, and then you spend the extra $3 to buy a proper notebook from field notes and you're good <laughs> like just quite frankly because you get you get like their um you know their because this the notebook is uh it's like the cover is it's a plastic almost and that's just i just don't think that's a good design choice frankly uh and then also it carries one two three four five six seven um Seven cards, no specific pocket for ID, which is kind of a bummer if you like to go places where they need to check your ID because <laughs> you got to constantly pull it out. You can't just like flip your wallet open and show them. Um, and then also it's got like two kind of inner pockets. One of them is for keeping the notebook in place, but the other one you can actually like, you know, I, that's where I stick like those stray business cards or gift cards that you have to ultimately forget about. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, let me see. I have like two business cards, uh, triple a card and that's about it so that's that's what's in there riveting stuff i know <laughs> uh but yeah so that's uh i have a fidget cube but it stays on my desk because i will lose it if i bring it anywhere else i have a knife it is a s og trident uh i like sog it for work deal. because it has they're, huh? they're called sog oh is it called mm-hmm. sog okay uh, so I have a SOG Trident. Uh, I like it because it has a lock on it, and it also has a spring-assisted opening for your thumb. Same here. So Same here, I can open it one-handed really easily. Yeah, the, uh, the knife I hmm? do carry on me when I when I do have it is a uh, Kershaw Hotwire. Yep. And it's a uh, it's a spring assist as well, and it is basically the closest thing. Like it's it's basically just like a little switchblade while legally yeah. not being a switchblade yeah. that's, that's essentially mm-hmm. all it is I, like I, honestly man i really want a switchblade i think they're cool i would never bring it anywhere i just want it like as like a as a weird or desk ornament you know yeah 
that's something I want to talk about, Chris, are desk ornaments. And what I mean by that is that there are objects that you have on your desk that are that may that you may think that they serve a functional purpose, but they are entirely only there for aesthetic reasons. I can say one of those is my Rubik's Cube that I still don't know how to solve by memory yet. It's, it's not on my desk, but it's on my bookcase. I have a uh, mm. I have a whittled bear candle, Dale. Oh, cool. It looks awesome. Yeah, exactly, right? So there are certain things that are, like, are there purely only for aesthetic. Um, let me think here. What else do I carry on me? Um, I mean, I have that DSLR camera now. And I'm jealous. There is... Yeah, it's oh, so nice. I got to use it more often. I think this weekend when I have time, I'm going to go downtown and start taking some more photos and then um, editing more often. Like All I'm doing is like posting to Instagram. Like that's right. I don't think Chris, do you even have an Instagram? No, I don't. Okay. Um, I've, I've had yeah. people recommend that I get one, but eh, 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 nah. it's not really necessary. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's whatever. Um, I don't like using it. And in fact, really like kind of like the camera is probably the only reason why I still have it because I'm trying to eject myself from Facebook in its entirety and uh, Instagram's owned by Facebook. So there you go. Chris, I would love an open source social media that's popular. <laughs> I know that'll never happen, but whatever. Or a social media that's dedicated to your privacy. <laughs> uh, that would be nice. What a world, Chris. What a world. All right. Chris, do we want to talk about video games? Yeah. Sure. All right, Chris. What What is the game that you recommended to me that I thoroughly enjoy playing? Streets of Rogue. Yeah, from Tiny Build. From Tiny Build. Yeah, I always forget this is a Tiny Build game. It's a Tiny Build game, dude. Tiny Build makes awesome, cute indie They really games. do. And I will say, um, they, they, I shouldn't have, I should have been able to tell that this was a, a Tiny Build game because they, they have that feel about them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean that in a bi- bad way whatsoever. They have that, like, just, like, solid indie game feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I totally got so. it. I completely agree with that. So the best the best way I've been describing this game to people, even though it's called Streets of Rogue and it's a pun on Streets of Rage and it's stylistically, like, uh, as far as look-wise, it looks a lot like Streets of Rage, but it doesn't play like Streets of Rage, I don't think, in my opinion. It mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It doesn't really feel like a beat-em-up to me. It feels much more, I've been comparing it to Grand Theft Auto 1 on the PlayStation 1, where you kind of just run around and cause mayhem and do missions and kind of do your own thing based on like what you want to do and based on what your character kind of forces you to do almost how how mm-hmm. give, give us a description of this game Dale what's what's the rundown how do you play this game okay as someone yeah so as someone who is on Steam. who's like a fan of roguelikes but not super yeah. experienced with them uh okay so i would i i i have no experience with streets of rage that's the other thing too is you don't need to even know what streets of rage is to love this game yeah like not at all it's more of just a pun in Mm -hmm. the title versus like a conceptual parody um so yeah i I actually i do think that um the the comparison to uh grand theft auto is like pretty Mm -hmm. close because it's definitely a kind of game where you can 
you, you know, you, you progress through it like pretty much any, well, not like any other roguelike, I should say. Most roguelikes uh, are kill everybody in this room, go to the next floor, yeah. right? Go to the next level. This is not like that. Um, you definitely can kill everybody in the, in the room. Um, I think uh, just for people at home who might not know exactly what a roguelike is, think Binding of Isaac. That is, uh, I think that is now the twenty, the two thousands, the twenty first era yeah. staple for a roguelike. Yeah. Um, Close that followed by Enter the Gungeon. Yeah, Under the Gungeon, right? And um, both of those kind of fall in the realm of bullet hells. When Streets of Rogue is not like that at all. I would definitely not qualify it as a bullet no. hell. Uh, it is, it's very mission oriented, which I've never actually played a roguelike like this before. Um, basically you, you enter a room and you have a couple of missions. The missions are typically solved by shooting people, but there are a lot of extra people in the room that you do not have to deal with. Yep. Uh, there are shopkeepers, there are police where if they see you, you know, there's also like, just like random civilian types. Uh, you can actually talk to them and you can like hire them yep. or you can like, you can pay off the cops because they're dirty, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, without getting into like the flavor of this game, because it is a post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. game, um, you, you choose a character and the characters have their own types of abilities and their own restrictions and balancing effects. Um, example like one of the easiest first ones to play is the soldier because he starts off with like a gun and a couple grenades uh but you can play more challenging uh uh characters like the gorilla uh which is a gorilla you cannot talk to anybody you cannot use guns because your hands are too big but you're really good at beating people up and you have unique you have a unique ability so like that that kind of also plays into it right so it, it depends on what kind of game you want to play um and like and then there's like you know then you have a total uh, i think we'll use the vampire in this case where it's like um you don't start off with much but you have a healing ability which can be really important uh, especially later on in the game when you're taking a lot of damage yeah mm, oh, kind of vampire is probably my favorite overall um yeah, I haven't I haven't been able to play him I, yet. He's a lot of like he sounds. I like I, I know <laughs> you haven't been able to play this guy either, Dale. But uh, and in fact, I haven't unlocked him. But one of the classes that I think best exemplifies the fact that you don't have to play it like GTA really either is comedian is a class, and what the comedian does is his special thing is he can walk into a room and tell a joke. And everyone in the room will have a random reaction of either loving that joke and becoming more friendly towards you or hating that joke and becoming more annoyed with you. So you can literally (laughs) just gain followers to do your bidding by cracking jokes around people. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Yeah, no, that one sounds awesome. Right. So there's there's a, a bunch of different quirky ways to play the game. Um, it's not, it's, I almost want to say it's an RPG, but it's really not, it really doesn't have any RPG elements to it. Um, uh, when you level up, you get different abilities, which I don't personally like care about them. I don't think there's really ever a proper build. 
to go right where if you compare this to like nuclear mechanic to nuclear thrones mechanic where it's like yeah you can get abilities that will make or break your run um depending on the guns that you get right there's really nothing like that they're a bit more generic they're still good it's not like they're bad or anything they're just not quite um uh game affecting is i think was a way to say it yeah (laughs) so i definitely like them uh, what else? You know, unfortunately, uh, A, this is, a, uh, you know, it's in beta. It's in open access, it? free access. Is it early access? Early access. Yeah, it's definitely early okay. access. So there isn't, like, that much to go on exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's fairly new. Also, me and Chris really haven't been able to play through it all. You do have, like, this ultimate mission. You you are playing a character that is sir that is uh that is with the resistance against an evil mayor it's it's all very it's all very cartoon e uh it's you know it's silly it's fun um but there is like an end goal to this where uh some roguelikes don't necessarily have that or even if there is an end goal there's always like this extra stuff that you do afterwards like binding of isaac mm-hmm. um i don't know if streets of rogue when you defeat the mayor i don't know if that uh I, I don't know if you'll have like a loop option like nuclear throne did or anything like that that i am uh not certain on mm-hmm. uh as as yeah i i unfortunately have not gotten to the the end either because i don't solely play one game um uh so unfortunately i haven't you know ace this one yet but uh i i, I yeah, think it yeah, exactly. i think it definitely bears a recommendation for sure uh if you're mm-hmm, looking for just mm-hmm. kind of a fun no holds barred kind of game oh my gosh you, you can't go wrong with streets of rogue it is it's yes, super easy i completely it's agree. super easy to pick up and get the hang of and then just kind mm-hmm. of start messing around with yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah like there's um you, I can tell there's a lot of layers that to the game that can, like kind of quite kind of like haven't quite really been able to surface mm. yet because they're not quite as well fleshed out. For example, you are uh, you can add modifiers. They call them mutations, but they're essentially just modifiers to your yeah. run. Um, you have like uh, there's different events that may happen. Chris and I's least favorite one is the zombie event where if you kill somebody, they turn into a zombie afterwards. Uh it's not fun. It's really hard. It's a it's a horrible it's a horrible. It thing. is fun if it you're is, playing as nice. a zombie though. Then it's amazing. <laughs> that is fair. That's fair. Uh, and um, you know, there's a bunch of different social options you can have to interacting with people. Like you can hire them to be a member of your party. Um, but there's there are intricacies that are deep deep down that haven't quite surfaced yet, and I think they will in future updates. So that's what I'm mainly excited for. Uh, there's also upgrades you can give to certain characters, I believe. Uh, and again, like I just like I have no idea what they're gonna do, and but eventually they'll happen. <laughs> so uh, it kind of there is a like a hub world where you kind of buy these things with the you know not with money but you know with the the money that you earn while playing the game. Uh, I think they use nuggets. They use chicken nuggets as their form of currency. <laughs> they do. So it's pretty. It's pretty good. Also, it's adorable. Like it's a cute game. It's, it's, a, it's good to it look is. at. It's all. It's all sprite based uh, and pixels. So it's it's real. It's got a nice, real good uh, <laughs> retro feel. I'm actually reading the. Did you read the, uh, the the description of the game, Chris? I don't think I did. 
It's uh, here it is. Fight, sneak, and hack your way through randomly generated cities. It's like Nuclear Throne meets Deus Ex <laughs> mixed with the anarchy of GTA. Roguelite meets immersive sim and goes completely insane. So that's funny. We named a lot of those yeah, games. I think that's accurate. I uh, think that's definitely accurate. Yeah, it's really, really accurate. Uh, so yes, it is an early. Also, actions. I uh, here's a here's a, a a quick aside, Dale, and I I think mm-hmm. I know your answer, but maybe you'll surprise me. Would you consider Nuclear Throne one of the granddaddies of roguelikes, right along with like uh, Binding of Isaac, or do you see is it? Do you yes, see it more as I, a newcomer? No, I I just I think the issue is Chris is that like the roguelike uh, fan base. The, the the click of people that like procedurally generated games uh, is very small. Mm. Um, so it, it's kind of hard to tell which games make giant impacts mm-hmm. because, for example, I knew a lot of people that played Binding of Isaac mm-hmm. that didn't like roguelikes that really had no interest in playing other like different roguelike mm-hmm. games. I did not see that with a nuclear throne. It's true. That being said, I don't think that Nuclear Throne is as... I, I definitely don't think Nuclear Throne is worse than Binding of Isaac. Uh, in fact, I it, I might even have more hours played in Nuclear Throne compared to... Yeah, so Binding of Isaac Rebirth, 12 hours. Nuclear Throne, 110. <laughs> so you can see which one I liked more. Uh, and, and people that I was able to convince who were big fans of Binding of Isaac to, to get Nuclear Throne, they also really enjoyed it too. Uh, so I definitely there there is some amount of crossplay between them. I just uh, I think in a in a in a if you just scope at the people who really enjoy roguelikes and make roguelikes, yes, Nuclear Throne is definitely up there. It's still kind of a new-ish game, though. Yeah, you know I know it was uh, it was what was it called before? I don't remember. Wasteland Kings. Yeah, Wasteland like Kings. Yeah, so before it was called Nuclear Throne, it was called Wasteland Kings. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think time will tell that nuclear throne is kind of one of the granddaddies of, uh, or, or at least definitely influenced a lot of future games, a a lot of future roguelikes uh, of the, uh, also I will say there is a, it, 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 you, you said you mentioned the clicks of roguelike fans earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. There is almost a schism in the roguelike community, Dale, I would say. Uh, like, on the level of, like, the orthodoxy versus Catholic church kind of schism. And mm-hmm. that's over, over one particular term, Dale. Oh, yeah. And it has... Is, ro- it, it, is it roguelike? It's, it's, rogue, <laughs> it's roguelike versus roguelite. Oh, that's fair. Because some, um, people, some people see... All these like non-turn-based, like Nuclear Throne, Enter the Gungeon, Binding of mm-hmm. Isaac, all these is rogue mm-hmm. lights. Whereas actual, you go back to the game Rogue. Those games are are what they are. What the main def- one of the main defining things of Rogue is is the fact that it's turn-based, and whenever yeah. you move, everything in the dungeon moves. Yeah, you know what? That's totally fair, mm-hmm. right? So you would have a game like, uh, oh, uh, what's the, uh, what's the dungeon game that's Dungeons really quirky? 
yeah, Dungeon to Dreadmore is much closer mm-hmm. to a roguelike mm-hmm. um, because it's turn-based. Uh, for those Neo uh, Scavenger, also if anyone's yeah, ever heard of that yeah, game, there's, that game there's is very roguelike. Switch that's kind of close to it. Yeah, so that's fair. I don't. Yeah, you know, that's fair. I don't know. That's um, I could see it. You know what I mean? I think it's a a really arbitrary way of looking at things. I think so too. Yeah, but um. I could definitely like I I would call it rogue likes and rogue purists, <laughs> right? Where it's like, oh yeah, it's you know it's a game where you you make your character and then if you die you have to you know play the whole game over again, uh, and you know it's like floor based and you have to kill a bunch of enemies on the floor, um, right? But like like Enter the Gungeon for example, that's a bullet hell game. Yeah, that that's just what it is. It it might have floors. It's not a pure bullet hell game. But it's a bullet hell game. <laughs> uh, Binding of Isaac. That's a roguelike. It's a bit more like a roguelike to me. I, don't ask me why. It's purely arbitrary. It's, uh, mainly, I guess, because there's not as many bullets <laughs> in Binding of Isaac compared to, like, Enter the Gungeon. Right? Nuclear Throne? That's right in the middle for me, personally. That is right in the middle. Um, I would say it's a roguelike until you get to the boss battles. Then it's a bullet hell. Hmm. Mainly Little Hunter. <laughs> Fuck Little Hunter. <laughs> well, Dale, do we want to touch on somewhat literate? Yes. Briefly. Uh, so, uh, I haven't read it yet. I'm sorry, everybody. But Sirens of Titan. Uh, we're going to give it another two episodes. We didn't discuss this beforehand. Two episodes? So, four weeks? Yeah. Two two should probably okay. be fine. That, right. It's up All to right. you, so, though, really, Dale, isn't it? Yeah. So we will we will remind you of this again uh, next episode, whenever that goes up, uh, <laughs> because now our, our release schedule is going to get kind of wonky mm-hmm. um, with your new with with everything, just everything in life. Oh, yeah. So Sirens of Titan by Chris, by favorite my favorite author, Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, uh, we are reading this because <laughs> Dan Harmon, uh, our, our our combined senpai. Yeah. Um, is making a television series, right? Or film? Uh, television television series. series. Yeah, so he's making a television ser- series based on uh, Sirens of Titan, mm-hmm. which is a dark comedy sci-fi written by Kurt Vonnegut. Yep. Has to deal with, uh, I don't know, what it is to be human. <laughs> Space travel kind of. and Space travel. Uh, time travel and uh, whether or not our destinies are preordained and a uh, whole, whole bunch of great stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. like right in the first couple chapters, do they go over uh, determinism and and mm-hmm. um, and free will? And uh, of course, it's in Kurt Vonnegut's wonderful nose snorting way. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's a really good book. If you guys are obviously like fans of his probably more common book, or, uh, Slaughterhouse Five. Or if you're not, to be honest, because as I'm reading mm-hmm. through this book, it's it's um it's fairly accessible. It's not yeah too heavy on the uh mm-hmm. kurt vonnegut uh like slaughterhouse five <laughs> well it's i mean slaughterhouse five i uh i will not let you uh knock dale because i think that book is just perfect basically oh i do i i do need to read it i just you know do. that it's very it's just very th- thematically heavy it is thematically uh, which, heavy but yeah which but, i have no issue with but no, I just, no, no, it's I, just a it's, way to it's point not it even out. that you should have an issue with it dale it's, it's almost like you know, um, it's thematically heavy, but in a, in a way, it almost feels like it's thematically heavy specifically 
so Kurt Vonnegut can poke fun about how heavy it is. Like, cause he, yes. So yeah. many of his, so many of the jokes in slaughterhouse five come at the expense of like, you know, you laugh in the moment and then you think about it for a second. And it's like, Oh God, what am I laughing at here? Like this is, <laughs> yeah. Would you say Chris, that it probably follows the literary, uh, conflict, uh, man versus author, the postmodern conflict i should say i suppose yeah i mean i, I don't I, I i don't think i'm scholarly yeah. enough to really wade into that but no dude it's like oh, i actually okay chris can we go on a slight tangent talking about um literary conflicts sure struggles i think it's actually no conflicts conflicts right where like classical is man versus man then man versus uh nature and then man versus god and then modern, which was, you know, the 1900s, would be man versus himself, man versus society, man versus no god. Oh, I don't remember what the postmodern is. Uh, give me just one moment, please. <laughs> one moment. Uh, literary conflicts. Okay, so uh, classical is man versus nature, nature, man versus man, man versus God. Modern is man versus society, man versus self, man versus no God. Postmodern is man versus technology, technology, man versus reality, and then man versus author. And so I actually... Chris, as a as a meta modernist, um, <laughs> oh, here we go. I, I actually I've been I've just been thinking about it because I think the conflict in nature are is like a fun literary device to kind of apply to things that you enjoy reading and watching. Yeah. Right. Um, and because it, you know, helps you grow as a storyteller. I, I'm, I'm working on the meta modern branch of this. Uh, the only one that I have, right? Because like, so like modern is a response to classical and postmodern is a response to modern. So of course, metamodern has to be a response to postmodern. I only have the last one, right? So like, it's like man versus God, man versus no God, man versus author. Um, I think the last one is man versus audience. And I'm, I'm trying to, un and I'm going to eventually, Chris, we're going to have a metamodern conversation. <laughs> And I will find oh, I, an example. I know there's no escaping example. that, Dale. <laughs> there isn't. I will find a good example of man versus audience. Uh, right? A good example of man versus author would be like Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Like Deadpool's a solid example. Uh, there's actually probably way better examples now that I think about it. What's uh, What's that? Uh, it's like My Strange Life. No, that's not it. What's the one? The movie Dr. where it's Strange the guy. Love. No, it's not Doctor Strange Love. Doctor Strange Love is man versus technology. Oh, oh, Stranger um, Than Fiction. Yes, thank well, yes, you. Yes. Bingo. I was right? just like talking a... uh, to that movie or about that movie the other day. Nice. I, I haven't watched it yet. I, I think I want to. Honestly, we should. We watch should that yeah. Soon. You wanna you wanna you wanna put that in the, you wanna put ink on the page there, Dale, and watch yeah, Stranger Than yeah. Fiction next. I think we're gonna do week. Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, I like that movie. I haven't yeah. seen it in forever. So. All right, let's do a Stranger. All right, everybody, Stranger Than Fiction next episode, which will not be next week, but the week after. So you have like ten days to watch it. Yeah. So, uh, do watch it. Uh, this episode. Uh, okay. Um, I will find a good man versus uh audience. We'll see. Okay, we'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> Anyways, all right, all right, boyo. Um, I think we're. Are we chilling? Are we good? I think are we're we, good. Are we wrapping up the pod? At this is Novus. Uh, yeah, that's his Twitter. My Twitter is at Dale and his beard. If you would like to talk to us, combined the combined consciousness of me and Chris. Where can they tweet at Chris? S at SWC Pod. 
Bingo, that's the podcast. If you need to talk to our combined voice, but in larger than 140 to 280 characters, depending on if you have that or not, you can email us somewhat coherent podcast at gmail.com. I, you know, I haven't been checking that email. I wonder <laughs> if people have actually emailed us. I'd feel bad. But um, if you really, really, really want to contact us, um, go to Iceland, stand on the cliffs of Iceland, and throat sing, and we'll be right there. <laughs>